peoples of the worldwide federated internet. What's good? So last week, I failed to upload an episode of Brook Nam's World. I apologize. And the scurry of things going on, I'm studying through a bunch of books all at the same time. That is not a flex. I am My mind is prone to wonder. So I occupy my mind with biblical things that are exciting to me. I've been doing some re- re uh reading of things that I've read in the past on the preservation of scripture and I've also been going over some of those themes and ideas again and I've been studying through the book of Job the book of uh the gospel of Matthew um the book of Psalms I have never done a and this is not an in-depth study but I've never done a study like a verse by verse no doubt what is this saying through the book of Psalms. So this is a first for me and I'm enjoying uh, going through all of these books and the book of Job. That's another one that I don't think I've ever gone through the book of Job for the sake of doing a verse by verse study. I've, I've read through the book of Job probably like many people and just didn't think anything of it. But so I'm going through all of those books and in the scurry of going through those books, I really, I can't say I forgot just busy and I kept telling myself I was going to get to it and I didn't get to it. So now here it is. We're getting back to the book of Acts. We left off in Acts chapter five, verse 23. So without further ado, let's get into it. So the book of Acts chapter five, verse 24. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things. They doubted of them whereunto this would grow. So if you don't, if you have, you don't remember what happened last time. So, uh, the disciples were thrown in prison, Peter and John, if I'm not mistaken, and angel of the Lord broke them out, broke them out the, broke them out the, the, the clink clink. So now they're roaming around and they've been told about this. And now they're trying to figure out what's going on. So I, I think, well, I'll read the next verse and then I'll tell you something that I thought about when I read this verse, verse 25, then came one of, uh, one and told them saying, behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Now I think, especially for these high priests, uh, the chief priests, they're probably like, yo, what the heck? Like these, we just told these dudes not to do this. And this is purely conjecture on my part. I'm, I'm inserting thoughts and possibilities of what they were thinking at the time. Clear, obviously I don't know, but in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, they had the Lord Jesus Christ crucified. Now, of course we know, uh, this is uh, the way things were intended to play out, the Lord Jesus Christ taking on our sins on the cross. And they're probably thinking after watching that happen, there's no way 
anyone is ever going to test our authority. And lo and behold, here they have these two disciples, one of which was actually scared after the Lord or when the Lord Jesus Christ was going to his trial, he denied him three times. But now you see Peter here boldly standing for the truth. When God imparted to the uh, disciples, the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, this gave them a level of boldness that they did not have before. Things are different. Things are not the same. And I'm sure the high priest, the chief priests, the scribes, all of the religious crowd, I'm sure they see the difference. I'm sure they notice, okay, yeah, something about these dudes are bold in a way it was not bold before. And they probably, they're, they're probably thinking in their minds, we can't quite put our finger on it, but something has changed. Okay, so verse 26, then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence for they feared the people lest they should have been stoned. So there was so much fear in these men that went to grab uh, the disciples. They thought they were going to be stoned. They thought, yo, the people, they getting ready to rock us to sleep literally for good. It's about to be dirt nap time. They were really afraid. So it's obvious that the disciples are making some noise at this point. They're, they're, they're making noise in a way that the religious crowd at the time is trying to make this whole thing go away. They don't want the news of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ to spread anywhere. They already tried to uh, quench that did not work. The, the message is spreading like wildfire. And as a matter of fact, it, it seems as though everything the high priest, chief priest, scribes, all of that crowd, everything they do, it seems to add more fuel to the fire and give more wings and legs to the gospel at every turn. Uh, verse 27, and when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them, verse 28, saying, did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? Notice they wouldn't even say the name. They just in this name. We all know who they're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Now, isn't this rich? Here it is. They wanted the Lord Jesus Christ crucified. They could have released the Lord Jesus Christ, but they released Barabbas instead. They wanted the Lord Jesus Christ crucified. Now, again, we understand what the death, burial and resurrection brought. Of course, you know, these people did not understand this at this point, at least. But now they're trying to backtrack from that. They're trying to cleanse themselves of this. It's like, what's the saying? Uh, throw a stone and hide your hand. They're trying their best to make it seem like, yo, we didn't have anything to do with this. Don't put this evil on us. We didn't do this. And it's like, yo, you are the one that brought him uh, to judgment. It was based on your testimony. You were the ones that kept trying to trip the Lord Jesus Christ up 
everywhere he went. You were the one that brought accusation against him. And now you're trying to recant. Is it because they believe he is who he says he is? Uh, probably a mixture. There's probably a mixture of, of some of them amongst them thinking, man, I think we might've, we might've messed up. I think we might've got this wrong. Yo, I think the Lord Jesus Christ, I, I think, I think this Jesus Christ of Nazareth, uh, he might've been a Messiah. Now we can maybe go on what Nicodemus said. Um, so there were people among this crowd who knew the Lord Jesus Christ was come from God. They knew it in their minds. They were like, yo, these miracles, there's no way all of this can be being done unless God is with him. So they knew it. And now I would imagine there's probably some infighting amongst this crowd. Again, I'm not saying that the Bible says this. I'm just inferring based on human nature, right? You do something, you don't realize what you've done. And now you're trying to backtrack. Verse 29, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. That's very simple. He was like, yo, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, you said that. God told us to go ahead and spread this message. So whatever God said is what's going to happen, regardless of what you're saying. So obviously, Peter's not afraid. And again, they're probably wondering, yo, what is giving these people such boldness? Like, how is this possible? They've seen what we do to those uh, which we disagree with. Why won't they just acquiesce? You ever seen uh, a cop who's trying to apprehend someone or trying to arrest someone and the people's just not, the person's just not given to their authority, obviously not afraid of prison, not afraid of resisting an officer and not even afraid of attacking an officer. You can see sometimes how that discombobulates the police officer like, he can't believe, yo, my authority is being tested. Like what, what, what are you doing? Like, I, I don't understand this. They don't know how to react. I think a similar thing is going on with the high priests. They're probably like, what, like these dudes, they don't, they don't respect our authority at all. Don't they realize what we can do to them? And Peter's just like, whatever, bro, we going to do exactly what God told us to do. You, you, you figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to deal with that. Um, verse 30, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Man, he, Peter did not waste any time getting to the issue. They just said, yo, you trying to put this man's blood on us. You're the one that brought him before the council. You're the one that laid accusations against him, uh, uh, via uh, Judas Iscariot. Now you trying to back away from this? Nah, y'all got to take this L. Peter is not letting them escape this. He just gets right to preaching the gospel. Uh, verse 31. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Yo, he's straight up preaching a gospel message to them. 
<laughs> they didn't think this was going to happen that day. I know they probably thought they were going to get Peter before the council and he was going to cower and he wasn't going to be willing to, you know, really say anything. And they had another thing coming. I always wonder in situations like this, was there, and there, more than likely there was, somebody in the crowd, some scribe, some Sadducee that was in that crowd that had already been thinking about some things that he could remember that the Lord Jesus Christ said, probably had some conversations with Nicodemus, who by all accounts seems like he believed the gospel. And people are probably thinking, and who knows uh, who the gospel touched in a personal way out of this situation right here. Uh, verse 32, and we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. Remember, the, Bi the Bible says, greater is he that is in you for the believer than he that is in the world. This is why we can stand on truth boldly, not in our own power, but in the power that God gives uh, via the Holy Spirit of God. So I'm not resting on any, you know, I, I'm not a super knowledgeable dude and I'm not some super brave dude, but I know that God will never leave me nor forsake thee. And I'm pretty positive that this was the confidence Peter and the rest of the disciples went into situations like this with like, yo, we serve God. Like we got the Holy spirit be we good. It doesn't matter what you say. It does not matter what you say. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. Verse 33. And when they heard that they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay him. What Peter said cut them so deep they could not take it. It's truth. In the book of Hebrews, the Bible says the word of God is quick and power and quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and is and is a discerner of the thoughts. And hold on. Let me get to the verse now. Cause I was about to quote it and I, I, I heard myself slaughter in the verse as I'm trying to quote it, which is funny because sometimes I can quote that verse without a thought. And then sometimes I start quoting the verse and in my mind, I'm like, ah, something about the way I said that didn't quite hit right. Uh, let's see, sharper than any two edged sword. So this is the book of Hebrews chapter four and verse 12. The Bible says for the word of God is hold on I'm, I'm i'm messing up here i'm messing all up let me do this got a lot going on but i want to make sure that i quote this uh verse accurately okay for the word of god is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart now, the verse after actually really matters in this context as well. And I think it really applies in this situation right here in the book of Acts. Verse 13 says, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, 
but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. They couldn't escape this truth. The word of God cut them. They knew this was true. They knew exactly what uh, Peter was saying to them. They saw the works of the Lord Jesus Christ. They saw him raise the dead. They saw him heal the blind, the lame. They saw all of these things. They heard they might not have been there. I'm sure there were some Pharisees there. They heard about when he turned water into wine. They heard his teaching and his authority. They could not get away from this stuff if they tried, no matter how hard they tried. They knew the gig is up. Peter's not giving in. He's 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 about that life. He is about that life and there's nothing they can do to shake him. So what do they want to do? Yo, let's kill him. That, 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 that's it. Like if we can't argue with him, let's just get him up out of here and kill him. Uh, verse 34, then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law. So this is a well-studied man, knew the law inside and out, um, knew the law, had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space and said unto them, ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. Apparently, Gamaliel knew something or understood something. Maybe something was stirring up in him and he understood something that the rest of them weren't getting. Verse 36, for before these days rose up, Thaddeus, boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain, and all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. So he's comparing uh, the disciples, the apostles, to this situation. After this man rose up, Judas of Galilee, in the days of taxing, and drew away much people after him, he also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. So I, I think, so I'm going to tell you what I think, and this may not be true. I think something in Gamaliel's heart told him, yo, don't touch these men. It's going to be a problem for you if you do that. And what they're telling you is truth. He knew the law. So I think, I think what happened was he came up with this elaborate explanation for why he was going to show mercy, but there was actually another reason in his heart. It could be wrong. Just a, just a wild guess. Verse 38. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. Now, again, I think Gamaliel wants to see if this thing spreads, it's got to be of God. But if they go away, just like this account I told of Judas of Galilee, then we know it was it was all nonsense. I think Gamaliel kind of wants to know what is the truth? Is this true? Like I said, the word of God cut deep, said it cut them. They could not escape this truth. 
who knows what was going on in his heart? Like I said, what I said is merely a guesstimation. None of that may be true. It's just me reading the Bible and knowing people. We know our own heart. We know how we think. We see and interact with people. And we know how people get down. So I think it's very possible that Gamaliel had another motive behind why he didn't want any harm pretty much to come to the apostles. And I think he was, I think he was faking a funk. I think he had an ulterior motive and I think he was faking a funk. Homie wanted to see, yo, let me see how this plays out. I'm sure he knew Nicodemus positive. And I'm sure he knew, yo, Nicodemus went to talk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Nicodemus became a follower. And I'm sure he had the thing to himself. What would make a person as studied as Nicodemus believe what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying? And again, Nicodemus said, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. So there were several people who exactly um, could have been two Pharisees, could have been three, four, five, who knows? But it was more than just him. It was more than just him. It was, it was a few of them. So they understood Yo, something is different about this Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And so it would appear, it would appear, like I said, that maybe Gamaliel wants to see how this plays out because he wants to know for himself if this is real. You never know what's going on in a person's heart, uh, in, in a person's life and how exactly the things they say, like where this comes from. I, I could be maybe reading more into this than is there. It's always possible, but I don't know. It, it seems like, it seems like Gamaliel might be having some, uh, some pricks in his heart. Anyway, y'all know what it is. Stay frosty people.